Hello and welcome to Legend of Green Team's Malazan Team's final episode on the Book of the Fallen, the wrap-up episode. Uh, if you're listening to us for the first time, good news. Uh, we're gonna like talk for a while about non-spoiler stuff, and then we'll you know we'll do the full tutorials, and then you should go away and listen to the other stuff. Or uh, I guess if you've read it already, it's fine. This is the last one. Uh, that said, I don't really have much of a concrete plan. To the best of my knowledge, this is more of a discussion of the overview of our journey, the last ten books. And then answering some general questions from our listeners. Um, does anyone want to start? Well, I could pose the first question, which is, um, overall, what what did you think of our journey? What were your takeaways? And what would you do differently if you were to do it again? I would talk for longer, I think. Oh, God. I regret, yeah. <laughs> All of our listeners are moaning right now. <laughs> with With pleasure, of course. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I think Panda, can you answer the question first, since it's your first time, anyway? Um. So my takeaways are, and we talked about this, you know, throughout our journey together, is honestly having the conversations with other people. That was definitely the best part. Like the material itself is is fun. It's gripping at at a, most of the time um mm-hmm. and it does make you think deeper and more about the themes the characters motivations and actions and consequences um but yeah overall if i were just reading this by myself i would not have enjoyed it nearly as much and may not have even finished it to be honest so that's been my biggest takeaway um and getting to discuss with Erickson himself and also AP and other members of our Discord community. Um, that's been really fun. Like we were able to build relationships because of these books. Um, and if I were to do this differently, I would say when we first came into our first episode, we didn't really have a plan. And we kind of floundered our way through. It was very much by feel um, the first time, that first episode. And uh, I would like to have more of a plan when, when doing that first episode. But we, I mean, we found our footing. And even though, yes, at times we go on tangents that some listeners may not find very enjoyable, you can always fast forward. Um, I do think our breadth um, has been something that I am kind of proud of because we all have different perspectives um, based on our experiences, based on our knowledge and our personalities, really. I've, I've learned something about you these last few years, and that's you're, you're definitely a planner. I am a planner. Yes. Uh, could you could you ask the question again? There are three parts. There, I remember the last one. Well, it's overall like, what are your thoughts about our journey? What were your takeaways and what would you do differently? Overall thoughts. Um, I, I, went, I went into this a little bit last time, but uh, I don't know. This is probably one of the best things I've done in my life next to like marrying and having kids, I guess. It's probably top five <laughs> at least. Um, I really enjoyed it. I got a lot out of it. I think I gr- grew a lot as a person, both emotionally and intellectually. Um, sorry, number two. <laughs> my memory well, didn't I mean, grow. It was like, you could say your highlights. Uh, yeah, highlights. I mean, that was definitely talking to Steve. Um, 
if, if I do it again and do what would I do differently? I, I, I wish we could have uh, talked to more people, mm. like have people on the episodes, uh, even just like we, we, we had some talks with some other podcasters and uh, but it's always scheduling's always hard. And there's still time for that. And it's not like I'm closing the door on that stuff and I still want to do it. But yeah, my, my favorite parts were talking with probably AP and Steve. And I wish I could do that with more people. Um, I guess what I wish I had done differently, at least I, I would have liked to have prepared more for, for each of the episodes. <laughs> and That's like, surprising. Yeah, I think that there are... A lot of things I could probably have said in a more intelligent way, in a more concise way. Um, and a lot of it is because, like, as much as I love this, this doing this series, um, there's a lot of other things going on in life at the same time. So, you know, sometimes coming to discussions, it's coming from something and then going to something right, right again after, which, which can produce kind of a disjointed experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but... I wouldn't I wouldn't change a whole lot besides I don't know like I guess I wish I'd known a lot more at the start and also now I would like to be like a complete person with perfect knowledge of the universe before I comment <laughs> on anything really <laughs> um, Oh man Yeah I feel but, that but yeah I wish you knew more too I think <laughs> um, But uh, I I also I also kind of wish we'd kept up with the full spoilers series uh Yeah but Sorry well, no, that's not, it's not your fault. It's you. <laughs> me, me and Heron for sure. <laughs> um, because yeah, like we're, uh, it it feels like we're doing a lot of podcast stuff, or it feels like I'm doing a lot of podcast stuff and and stuff in real life. So that was one thing that kind of got left to the wayside with with everything that goes on. I think just like for context, um, for people who don't know, like we aren't doing this as you know a job or anything. This is a hobby it's something that you know we give up our time and our lives to do this because we want to um, because Mm -hmm. we enjoy it and you know sometimes we come to it a little more off the cuff and winging it um, and that's the best that we could do at that time and so Mm -hmm. sometimes our discussions aren't as in-depth or as doesn't cover like all the main points that you know um, listeners would want. Um, but I would also say that, you know, when we do this, it's, it is for our enjoyment. Um, and if we stopped having fun, if we started worrying too much about all the things that we're doing wrong, um, unless it's like audio quality, you know, or like, um, somebody just didn't read, for example, which like we all had to, spend time reading um the books in order to have these discussions so that's something that um takes up more time right um it's not just the the many hours that we talk to each other so i think honestly like i would pat ourselves on the back for getting through all 10 books and following through um Mm -hmm. with the podcast Sure, there are a lot of things that we could have talked about more or talked about more concisely, but, you know, that's for take two when you come back to this in, like, three years, right? And three years like, on, three years off. We're just endlessly repeating this <laughs> cycle of making read-through podcasts from Alasim. 
I think it's like 90% of podcasts don't get past five episodes. Oh, seriously? No, I just made that up, but it sounds oh right, right? Oh, my God. I, I really like our status as kind of like a uh, a middle middleweight group. Yeah, I would say we're middleweight. Yeah, we have, we have listeners, uh, but we don't have much in the way of expectations, let's say. There, there are several <laughs> points where I was like, I kind of feel bad for our listeners, but also uh, it... I think it's very clear that we're we're very much doing this for a hobby and not not in any sense professional thing. Yeah, right? I feel bad for anybody who has to listen to me talk. That's all yeah. of us. That's yeah. <laughs> because um, you know what, our listeners get the edit down version. We don't. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Um, if I uh, the thing I would do differently is uh, ask. Um, what is spoiled in a YouTube video before watching it. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, also, when I saw I had the day off of the Steven Erickson interview, put a request off for it anyway. Mm. They, screwed, they screwed me on that last interview. So that was sorry. a really good interview, too. Yeah, well, maybe well, I could have made it is. worse. But, uh... it was, we had a terrible time. Steve was a jerk. Like uh, He was always asking where you were, and we're like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> we couldn't get him. <laughs> sure but um yeah i mean honestly i think uh well he he said he would be happy to jump back on for other books so mm -hmm. yes i uh, yeah i very much want to get him on for some of the sci-fi stuff yeah i think for janeth your your highlight is one you found your favorite series after giving it a, a third go a fourth go i have no uh -oh. idea how many goes it was but <laughs> Uh, the furthest I made it before this series was the beginning of Memories of Ice. So right, that 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 I do know. Now you've read almost every single published book. Yeah, I don't. I haven't read The God Is Not Willing. I haven't finished whatever the last volume two brooch thing is, and I haven't read the most recent brooch and Bacalade thing. Oh, and I haven't actually finished Goats of Glory, even though I've picked it up like 20 times and read from it. And it's very short. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So. Well, you went from not finishing the third book to reading almost everything in the world. Yeah. So. It's like 25 <laughs> books or something that I've read in Molasson. That it's moment insane. when you like surpass me and you're like, I'm just going for it. I'm going to finish this series because you can't hold back. Yeah, at I was the time, like, All right. at the time I had um, COVID, and um, I was commuting twenty miles to work every day, and also driving a kid to elementary school that was near that work. So I was just <laughs> like, I could die in a car accident any day. I could get killed by this COVID stuff. You know, I don't know when I'm gonna die. I just want to finish this damn book series. We've been doing this forever. <laughs> so i just kept going like yeah. like something got delayed in like the podcast schedule yeah and i was just like mm -hmm. i can't probably I can't me <laughs> and turns out if i would have just waited i'm still not dead but uh you know <laughs> <laughs> and we're very glad you're not <laughs> and i raced to finish like the 16 books in carcanus so that i could get on the full spoilers episode i did one of those and then i like 
became too busy to consider anything more so like i did all that and then like didn't even really get to do the stuff that i like did it to do i mean it's still fun reading all that stuff but i probably would have taken that slower if i knew that i was only gonna get to be on one full spoiler episode out of it. <laughs> yeah were you only on one it was two right was it two i don't know i, Maybe I, it was two. I, don't know. I thought it was one but <laughs> i could be wrong who knows you're the one that did all the editing here and yeah <laughs> I guess that's the other thing that um, people might not consider is not only one, we read the books, and this is just for all like book book based podcasts in general. You have to read the books, you have to think of interesting things to say that is really worth saying, hopefully. Oh, we were supposed to do that? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we were. And then you got to say the things, right? Have the discussion, the actual content. And then you got to write the summaries beforehand. You got to write the summaries. Shout out to Ash for writing pretty much every single summary. We did try to delegate and like distribute that work at one point, but honestly, Ash just did it so much better. Um, Well, the key thing is that I was able to do it faster than everyone else. That is true. It was the the lowest opportunity cost for me. Yeah. (laughs) You were the most concise. I remember uh, Huron's attempt was, um, yeah, that wasn't quite a summary. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, as a listener. I wrote down basically everything. Yeah, it was rough. Okay. As a listener, while I prefer our approach to most things, uh, to 10 very big books's approach. I actually prefer the way they do summaries. Uh, I mean, I think Ash's summaries are like witty and clever and that's cool. But uh, like they do it like, like I like that they remind me of like what had, what had happened, you know, <laughs> yes, they like go at length into the summary. And then like, so if I'm listening to the episode, like two books after the podcast I'm listening to, I can get recontextualized by their summaries. They're, you know, they're not just like one sentence long for like a giant four hour long battle <laughs> or something, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think when we were making a decision on this, we did like a, a, like asked, asked on Discord and then like two or three people responded, I think. <laughs> so it was early those, in our uh, journey yeah. here. So those are the listeners that decided it. <laughs> Yes, they're like, we want concise. I'm like, okay, that's what we're doing. Yeah. We want to get to the meat of the discussion sooner. Um, yeah. I, I can see I, both sides of the argument. Um, I would say, like, there were several episodes where we had, like, pretty good structure. You know, we would talk about our favorite scenes, favorite characters. Then we talk mm-hmm. about, like, quotes and um, any questions, speculation. And I think those worked really well for the earlier episodes. And then we kind of got um, yeah, used to... Yeah, that just to, got dropped. <laughs> we got used right? to like how the flow of the conversation would be. And so mm-hmm. we stopped being so formal. And I think that's fine. Um, as long as like you know people listening up to that point, it was like book, I don't know, seven, eight, um, are familiar um, with the course of our discussion. I do think where we could have done a little bit better is um, go a bit more linear in our discussion, um, the (laughs) events, instead of jumping all around. Um, That was probably pretty frustrating for listeners where, How many times did we say, oh, was that this chapter? Oh, wait, I got something from the last one. See, the first, like, three books we did, 
I didn't do that much as much at least because I was like making underlines and highlights and copying and pasting text and blah, blah, blah. And then after I just couldn't keep up with that level of prep. It is a lot. And that's the thing is like, (laughs) I'll be honest, I'm impatient and I wanted to get through the books. I wanted Mm -hmm. to know what was going to happen. And so, you know, for people who want a slower pace and way more in depth, there are now plenty of um, Malazan podcasts that go at that pace and go with that structure. Um, for us, we were, yeah, somewhere in between. It's not like super lightweight, but also not super in depth. Um, yeah, for even like for the scheduling purposes, I no way could we have done a super in depth thing. I think we would never finish. We'd be like 20 years in and still trying yeah. to schedule episodes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's the thing is we're across three different time zones and one of the time zones is Japan. So, yep. yeah, so I really there's one of the podcasts uh, that I used to listen to for for Malazan. Um, I liked that they did an episode, a chapter, uh, mm-hmm. but there is like a wife and husband doing it in like what little free time they had, like in their basement. So like, I wonder if they're still even doing it. Cause they did it so slowly that I like, couldn't keep following it. Cause it like dropped off my radar. Uh, Duke and Duchess. Uh, Duke and Duchess. Yeah. I don't even know if they're still on Malazan or not, or if they ever finished at house gates or what. Uh, what, what a dead house gates episode was the last one they uploaded. That was well over a year ago. Ding. I like their stuff. They're good. Yeah. And oh. I mean, there are plenty of really good discussions being had. Um, mm-hmm. So there's a lot of options for Malazan um, readers now, which is great because um, I think like five years ago, um, there definitely oh, there was almost nothing. options. Yeah. Almost, almost nothing. Yeah. I remember when I finished the series for the first time and I was like, I wanted more discussion. And part of the problem is I wasn't looking at the right places. But yeah, another part is just there just wasn't as much chatter about it, uh, especially not on YouTube or, or podcasts. There's so many now that uh, Malazan subreddit had to open up uh, Malazan podcast new subreddit. Yeah, <laughs> it's basically dead, but that's where they, they point people to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if I had like had uh, like anywhere near the level of available like forums and people to discuss in and with uh, the first couple times, maybe I would have actually made it through. But like mm. some guy was just like, oh, you finished the Wheel of Time. This series is my favorite series. You should read it and didn't give me any further guidance. He was just <laughs> like, here you go. It's epic. Go. And I was like, yeah, this seems really cool, but. Why don't why do I hate it? <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't mislead you at all, at least. That's something. Right. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's that that can be a thing sometimes when Malazan gets Looking for the new biggest romanticy, try Malazan. Oh my god. No. That's romance and that's fantasy. <laughs> yeah. That's that's what it is, right? No. It's a Christmas novel. No, no. <laughs> um, although, so Janet, um, when we were talking to Steve, he did say that the ninth book of the Corbelin Bocklin Corbel Rush. That one. Um is could be considered romance, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> ninth? 
the ninth one said there's gonna be nine. Uh, oh, there, okay. there's seven. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah. So he are he already has it planned out for eight and nine. Mm-hmm. Nice. So we'll see. Yeah. I want my heart to go. Oh. I've um, <laughs> I've noticed over the course of this read through that, um, my relationship with the fantasy genre has changed quite a bit. Yeah. I yeah I find myself both a lot more appreciative of a lot of fantasy and a lot more unforgiving. Yes, <laughs> okay. I agree. You know. Yeah. Yes. So like when I when I find stuff I really like, I, I tend to like first of all, I know why I like it, which is I think really awesome. And I can like it it tends to occupy my thoughts a lot more. And um there I'm willing to try stuff that I wasn't willing to try before. And Okay. Re- reading through this gave me it gave me an interest in finding things mo- out more on the literary side mm-hmm. of the um yeah. So uh, here and I and some others in the Discord are reading some of the uh, some books that AP recommended to us to to educate ourselves on on, on literary concepts, um, and then I have lost a a lot of patience <laughs> in my reading for <laughs> things that I think um, well are, are, that don't appeal to me as much that I think are either subpar writing or um, not interesting themes or whatever else it may be. Uh, seen before too many times tired mm-hmm. i uh, ditto i i agree completely i'm gonna just put that out there i think part of that is just you aged like that's, that's a big part of it too Absolutely. you're just a different person than you were mm-hmm. like almost three years ago right um, that's an excellent point but i think talking about something as much as we have is going to give us uh I don't know that that ability more often, especially when you have to think about something quickly yeah. and then have to put it into words. You're exercising a muscle that you weren't before. And just not just Melanson, but any podcast. But this is what we've done for three months, so I think that's helped yeah, a lot. Three years. <laughs> I, I should yeah, point out, months, by the years. way, that I am still younger than any of you were when we started this podcast. <laughs> that is very true. You are still the baby, and you will always be the baby. <laughs> oh, so it is my family too. Have we ever told anybody how old you are? Ash is uh, 14 we... for the record. That yeah. is not true. <laughs> I'm 25 now. I'm 35 as of yesterday. Yay! 36 Happy as birthday. of last month. I am 33 turning 34. <laughs> you look like you're 20. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Actually, I am curious like, if listeners had... Um, expected our ages i mean we've mentioned that um ash is the youngest but i'm curious i act the youngest yeah you do (laughs) (laughs) so let us know can we move on something else that was an excellent excellent question slash prompt i hmm. in an ideal world it would have been nice to go through these in like a year if we had like if everyone had infinite time and we all had infinite <laughs> patience for the series. I think it would have been really fun to 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 kind of blitz through the series like we were at the start. And we did we had like five five books the first year, and then two the second year, and then oh my goodness, yeah, yeah, three this year. Um, do we have any more non spoiler Malazan stuff? Um, I guess. Um, um. Well, so uh, we Janet and Janet and myself. Since, you know, this is our first time through the entire series, like, 
do you have any advice or tips or like comments you would want to tell a first time reader now that you've gone through it yourself? Like were the expectations that other people set up for you this time? Um, did they were they met or were they still misleading? Huh. <laughs> I don't know. I think the way that I set uh, expectations for the series is like almost different for every reader I recommend it to. Like if they're more like into other fantasy, I'll have a different angle than if they're like coming off of like reading almost no fantasy and read like Dune. And, you know, there's like other I've 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 pitched it to so many people and it's like it's the approach is like different every time. Mm. What about your did you think that the expectations that were set in the beginning from like Huron and Ash were they Oh yeah on point? Yeah. Yeah. I forget who actually convinced me to start reading it at the beginning though. It wasn't either of them, though I did get in arguments with both of them during that whole thing. But uh <laughs> It's I not grimdark, it I promise. <laughs> I want to say it was like Black Diamond or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah it might have been. Yeah, Sean. Um, so that was the, I think that was the argument that finally convinced me. But I don't, I don't know if that's true. And it's actually in the for in the Discord thread somewhere. I could find it if I really tried. Dig back <laughs> years and years in the oh, Erickson God. channels. Yeah, there's been a lot of messages in that channel. <laughs> or the general chat channel, maybe even, which is probably even more dense. Uh, yeah i think for me um i was hesitant coming in but i think that as long as you have um a good group of people that you know you can chat with um it it's not going to be a cakewalk but it's definitely manageable um attainable and for the people who do recommend melazin as romance no <laughs> Does I think it's just a really meme. Has anyone actually ever done that? Yeah. No. I've seen it on uh Reddit for Malazan. Um they do everything I, there, don't they? Yeah, I just no. Um just what don't I would... slash fantasy. It's a bad place. <laughs> it is. I don't. I, I need um, to stop. And <laughs> then I would say that yeah, if you're really into history and like you know yeah. the epic poems um i f i feel like this would be right up your alley um yep. and you would probably even pick up more things to um like themes and references um yeah so if people who really enjoy classics um i think they they would have a a fine time reading this and also be able to pick out just deeper um thoughts on it so I, it's yeah. been a while but isn't that essentially what i said in well, part of what i said in the primer yeah yeah hey nice <laughs> yeah i don't think my opinion on 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 this subject has changed at all i think i think it's i think you guys were pretty pretty on point with your yeah. guidance um as we were starting I think if know. anything, I would be more wary to recommend it to people who have read a lot of fantasy because the genre expectations set by a lot of fantasy novels are would be misleading for what you should expect going into Malazan. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I think anybody I who liked uh, Backer or um, no one reads Backer before Malazan, though. <laughs> uh, I don't think that's true. 
Um, Backer gets recommended before Melazin and Grim Dark Circles. Okay. Um, anybody who read Backer or, but uh, well, I didn't like um, some of the like pacing and writing style of her her big trilogy, uh, Anna Smith Spark. People like Anna Smith Spark, they will probably like Melazin because it's kind of written like in a very Homeric style, uh, but just dark and and mm. and and awful like like a backer like if backer was written like homer writes almost uh anna smith sparks stuff is like that if you like that you'd probably like this mm. yeah i think my my biggest problem in uh reading molasses for the first time was genre expectations and that's why i thought it was as difficult as it was um and i think ash is on point for saying that if you have this expectation and don't expect that as far as like uh my brain stopped working. Like, what Ash said. Yeah, like, Melasin is trying to do something that's not the same as lo- what a lot of other fantasy series are trying to do, I think. And so... Think yeah, mm-hmm. no, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, and, and so, like, it's not going to match up al- along those lines. Because um, yes. I-, I think a-, a lot of fantasy series are meant to be fun first, and then put in other stuff after. Fun or escapist first. And I don't think Melasin is meant to be fun or escapist first. I think that's a distant third or fourth thing on the list of priorities for Steve. I agree. I I think it's why it it is fantasy is because of the mechanisms within the world. Um mm-hmm. like there is magic, right? And it's an important part of the world and the story. Um and the setting is magical and there are dragons. Um but the storytelling and the how do how do you say this like the story beats are not your typical fantasy story beats mm-hmm. yeah like one of my frustrations with the series was i didn't feel the satisfaction i normally get from other fantasy series where you have that epic climax and it's a, like a sustained climax um, whereas this is more choppy, the climax is more split up um, and shorter. Yeah, you sent that Power Rangers <laughs> video. <laughs> I did. You wish the end of Crippled God was more like that. Oh man, um, you should have shown that to Steve and just watched the the light <laughs> die in his eyes. <laughs> Maybe I will. Um, but um, yeah, it and it's you know it's it's a different. It's a different way of telling stories and the themes are just, it's not quite the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sorry if I'm even less articulate than usual today. I've been awake since 4 a.m. I'm sorry. It's a long time. Oof. Uh, shall wanna... we do a final ranking before we go into spoilers then? Final ranking final of ranking? what? Before? The books. Oh, no, I need to give, I need to give spoilers for why I'm ranking my books, probably. Or you you don't have to give the them. reasons. You could just give okay. the rankings. That is true. Sorry, I need to pull up the list because I need I'm visual. Um, okay, well, Lady Sweden asks, now time for the ultimate Book of the Fallen ranking. What's the best ones? <laughs> so, uh, okay, I, I guess I can go first. Um, my top hasn't changed. Um, a lot of things below the top have changed, though. So uh, Midnight Tides is my favorite. Um, my second favorite is... <clears throat> Honestly... Um, 
I'll go for the spicy pick of Dust of Dreams going second. Um, then House of Chains, Dead House Gates, um, Toll the Hounds right in the middle, uh, so I can be an outlier. Um, then Bone Hunters, then The Crippled God, then Reaper's Gale, Gardens of the Moon, and Memories of Ice in last. Wow. Yeah. Memories of Ice last? So, I think Memories of Ice what? is the best in the traditional fantasy novel sense. And also, here in Convince Me, it's probably the worst written on a technical level. And I think it, it um, I mean, I still love it. Like, these are all like A, a or A plus for me. Um, but there is, there, there's, there's a lot to it that I feel is not... It doesn't bring out the best of what I find in Malazan, although I do love a lot of the characters and a lot of what happens in the book. Interesting. Okay. Who wants to go next? Janet is sitting next to Ash on my screen, so I'm going to go with him. Oh, gosh. Um, I was trying to pull up some kind of document processor so I could write a list out. Um, yeah, it's interesting what you said about memory of uh, Memories of Ice, because uh, I think I agree with that. And also... Memories of Ice both gave me the key to predict the ending of the series, but also like set up my expectations for the rest of the series in such a way that everything besides like one specific important part of that ending that I predicted was incredibly wrong. Because like <laughs> it's so much more traditionally yep. written than the rest. So like Memories of Ice got me thinking like I'm trying to predict the ending like of a Wheel of Time book or a Brandon Sanderson book or something. And none of the rest of the series is like that. So that's interesting. I did really like it, though. Anyway, mm -hmm. number one. Hmm. Uh, probably Reaper's Gale. Mm. Then followed by... So hard. Because, like, a lot of what I like about the later books all go back to the ending of the second book. Uh, that means so, Dead House Gates has to be your second, right? Yeah, like... But if if so much of what I like about everything that comes later is because of the end of the second book, should that be first? I don't know. Uh, don't you know what I mean? Like, you can change your mind tomorrow and it's fine. Yeah, it's true. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I change my list all the time. Second, the um, probably Bone Hunters, I guess. Then Dead House Gates. God, it's so hard. I don't know. Uh, I like House of Chains, especially the ending. Spicy. Uh and then did i already say dust of dreams no no dust of dreams then the crippled god then toll the hounds <laughs> then gardens of the moon then memories of ice and midnight tides is at the bottom <laughs> yep <laughs> but i reserve the right to move midnight tides way far up after i reread it because I, <laughs> I just don't think i was i think i just was in a bad place when i read that i wasn't ready for the book that that steve wrote there um I regret telling you that you could change your mind tomorrow because uh, I approve having Midnight Tides at the very bottom. Really? No, just because it upsets you. Oh, oh no, it doesn't. It doesn't upset me. I, I, you know, I, I know that I get my okay. Midnight Tides is a popular first book, but I, you know, I'm not upset about people having wrong opinions about it. That's fine. You, you can't see this, but he's literally seething. Yeah, I just his, his face red. is red. Yeah, I've torn out most of my hair. That's that's why I'm missing so much. <laughs> okay, I guess I'll go next. Um, number one, Toll the Hounds. Uh, number two, The Dust of Dreams slash The Crippled God. 
Number three, Reaper's Gale. Number four, Bun Hunters. Number five, Dead House Gates. Number six, Midnight Tides. Number seven, Gardens of the Moon. Number eight, House of Chains. And last, Memories of Ice. It's a low ranking for House of Chains. I, I love it. I mean, I love Memories of Ice too, but yeah. Like all the other ones more. I think House of Chains is the book that leads into, like more than anything else, it leads into what Malazan is trying to be. I agree. Mm-hmm. Like, it's in... the first one that really does that. I mean, look, it works really it, well, especially considering Memories of Ice. If the ending can make me cry and I can still like picture where I was when I was crying when I read the ending, I mean, that's really mm. good. Yeah, it's, it's a fantastic ending. I, I came here to cry and House of Chains <laughs> pulled it off, right? Uh, like, I don't get to do it a lot if I'm not reading. So, uh, and, you know. Yeah. And uh, House of Chains, I think. I, I like it more now that I've read The God Is Not Willing. Agreed. Yeah. I still have not done that. <sighs> you yeah. guys are not going to like my ranking. <laughs> okay. Are you going to upset us all? How? So, <laughs> so my ranking is, um, it's like a, it's a relative. Um, so it's like Gardens of the Moon, Dead House Gates, and Memories of Ice are at the top. Okay. Are you just wow. reading the series in order now? <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. And then it would be um Reaper's Gale and the Bone Hunter. So it's like in sections. It's not like I'm ranking them within tiers. that section. Yeah, they're tiers. Um so yeah, Bone Hunters and Reaper's Gale. And then Toll the Hounds, Dust of Dreams, The Crippled God. That's another tier. Actually, it might be Toll the Hounds and the Crippled God in that tier. And then Dust of Dreams and Midnight Tides. In that tier with House of Chains at the bottom. Wow. All very different rankings. Yeah. I, lo- I love it. I, 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 I joked before that, that if you ask... I remember. A lot, a lot of people who haven't read it, they'll come and they'll be like, so like, what's considered to be like the best book? And I always say, like, if you ask 10 Malazan fans, you're going to get 11 different answers. So, yeah. <laughs> it's true. Absolutely. I guess what yeah, is the yeah. most popular? The most popular is Memories of Ice. I think... Okay. Judging from, yeah, like uh, the Malazan wiki, or not wiki, uh, subreddits, like yearly poll, I think uh, that has technically the highest uh, mm-hmm. average. It's mm-hmm. usually um, Memories of Ice, Midnight Tides, and Toll the Hounds that get the highest, or the most I b- first place. I believe ranking. so, yeah. Yeah. I wish I liked With the Midnight largest Tides deviation Tides. being Toll the Hounds. <laughs> the Midnight Tides, um... Uh... We get, we can, we should get into spoilers so we can talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So, um I think we've talked we talked well over well, maybe not well over an hour. Almost an hour about all this non-spoiler stuff. So, anybody who's not read the series or interested in our like impressions after the fact, uh, we we went into zero spoilers, but now uh, I mean, go read the books uh, mm-hmm. if you're into that. If you haven't, um I mean, if you have, just keep listening and we'll talk about spoiler stuff. So, um I guess I guess I should I should recap why I like Midnight Tide so much and then also why I think you guys probably don't like it quite as much. Um so for me I think it's the strongest book in terms of what Melazin is trying to accomplish over a certain page count. I think like for what Melazin is trying to do it's the most concise. It's the one that has maybe the strongest imagery. Um, for me, um, it's the most self-contained of the books. 
Um, it's the one that's set up as a tragedy the most. Um, like, arguably, you could say it's Dead House Gates, but I, I would put Mid Midnight Tides um, ed edging that one out. Um, it has a lot of my favorite characters, and I think it has a lot of the most interesting characters in the series. And I like all the themes. <laughs> but it also has the least emphasis on actual action, I think. And I, I think that's probably a contributing factor to why you guys didn't like it. And like, it doesn't have the Malazan Marines. It doesn't have Malazan humor. Um, it and... has the bug and tay hole humor, which to me is pretty much its only saving grace. <laughs> um, yeah. And it's like, it's, it's got like a, it, it like it kind of grinds you down, I think. Yeah. Kind of similarly to Told that, that is the, that's the real thing is the grind. Like I liked the beginning, uh, even though that all the stuff with the Tyst like feels like it's gonna be a little more promising than it is earlier on, and like the editor are like teased for a while, and then they are just kind of like d bags, and that kind of like it felt bad. Uh, so they were gonna be really cool, and then they were just like, we're just another tribe of jerks. <laughs> and, and that sucked but the, the beginning like with the uh the jack and the uh the curse with the sword and the coins and waking up like that was really cool mm -hmm. uh and the stuff in leather was really cool but the war felt like such a grind oh i but, loved like, it but oh and i did <laughs> love some of it like mm -hmm. but but i like i liked the demon stuff and like i liked like kind of what the imagery was evoking about war, like the messaging mm -hmm. of it, but it just like felt so suffocating and slow. And I think, yeah. but like that was also a point where I was like burnt out on like everything in life, including like reading and trying to like prepare for the episodes and stuff mm -hmm. before I let go of the preparation and bone hunters. <laughs> uh, so like going back through it, it might hit a lot differently because I don't mm -hmm. feel burnt out anymore and I don't feel the need to write extensive notes preparing for an episode and we're not recording them anymore. So, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So, like, I don't I don't know if there's anything objective about any of the ways I feel about Midnight Tides until I go back, basically. Yeah, I, I think in a lot of objective senses, it's it's quite good. Um, oh, but the ending was really good. That, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the ending, I think, is basically perfect. Yes. Um, and there's a lot of moments in there that, like, just stand out in my mind very, very starkly. Um, it's the most Shakespearean, for sure. Yes. Yeah. Tell me why you hated it, Panda. You know, I think the more that I think about it, I might like House of Chains more. <laughs> oh. I'm always a fan of people liking House of Chains. I think, I think House of Chains is the one that might upset me the most that people don't like. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'll keep so it at the bottom. So, <laughs> so like House of Chains, um, the re the yeah the reasons why that hit better harder for me is like, and same with uh Dead House Gates. Like you mentioned, like Midnight Tides being like, oh, it's a tragedy, and it's like a perfect tragedy. Mm -hmm. Maybe structurally that's true, but like, like part of why Steve said he wanted to write tragedies to evoke catharsis through tragedy. Mm -hmm. And, like, at the end of Midnight Tides, it's just, like, a bunch of crappy people, like, <laughs> like going through the tragedy. And, like, there are people that 
I was not made to care about. Like, whereas, like, I care about Felis and Elder or Shaikh Reborn or whatever mm-hmm. you want to call her. Uh, I care about Coltane. I care about Duiker. I care about the Seventh Army. So the tragedy evokes the catharsis. So, like, mm-hmm. Midnight Tides is like, you know, it's like um, if you had uh, Lucky Charms without the marshmallows, you know? Like, it's like... <laughs> wow. But so you don't like... Um... Okay, I-, I probably like Odinus the most out of anyone here, for sure. Yeah. Um, but I, I okay. think we all liked Tangles and Bug and Briss. And okay. I liked Troll. Maybe you guys were indifferent. Um, the Seed of Kurokan. Um, and so it just ruins cool, right? But the throw, okay, the Tehul stuff, the Tehul stuff was evocative and cathartic when he, okay. when he dies and comes mm-hmm. back. And bug, but yeah. the throne room is just like, I mean, the person I cared about most was probably the emperor. Like the goddess. Yeah, Briss? Rulad, yeah. Because I felt bad for him. But okay. like. Interesting. Everybody was a jerk. Oh. <laughs> or like. Briss wasn't a jerk. Have, no, Briss that's is like a. Yeah, and yeah, Troll is not a jerk. I didn't know him like, very well. Whatever else you can say about Troll, he's that that man is not a jerk. <laughs> he's the least jerk. Briss, uh, yeah, no, Troll. Okay, I was made to care about Troll more in later books. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I didn't care about him that much in House of Chains compared to everybody else. I don't know. So it's like... I I bounced off Troll the first time in House of Chains. Uh, Midnight Tides is what sold me on this character. That's actually still why House of Chains is kind of low for me. Because um, I'm still not that engaged with the troll section. Um, as for Midnight Tides, though, um, I don't know what exactly this means, but I do think it's the best written of the 10 books. And I was thinking about this last, after we finished our last episode, mm-hmm. um, and having to think about rankings. Because it's the most concise, it has uh, incredibly distinct characters with very distinct voices. Um, I think, like you said, the, the tragedy was uh, perfected. And uh, there's humor, there's catharsis. And like I said, it's very, very concise. Like, all of Fat's cut. Uh, which, as much as I love a lot of the stuff, especially in the later books, um, it's not always needed. Yes. Yeah. There, I, I don't know what I could cut from Midnight Tides um, and, and have, it, have the thrust be the same. Whereas there are sections in the later books where I notice sections like, oh, yes, I could cut some of this and the thrust would be the same. Mm. I think we can get to that when we talk about criticisms of the series. Yeah. Yeah, I would say like Gardens of the Moon is the most concise. And it still had an impact. And Deadhouse Gates after that was not as long and was one of the most emotional read for me of the series. Um, Gardens had a lot fewer pieces and uh, some missing pieces, I think. Yeah. And, and... I don't think either of them really stand on their... Well, Garden's more than Dead House. Dead House, like, is something that needs the rest of the series to function. I don't think, I think so. that, like... Yeah, I, I just Interesting. Hmm. I think the rest of the series is much, 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 much better because of Dead House Gates, but if somebody just read Dead House Gates, I think they'd be really satisfied. Interesting. I, I wouldn't like Dead House Gates nearly as much if it wasn't for the context of the rest of the series. I wouldn't like the rest of the series as much without Dead House Gates because there yeah, would be no series without Dead House Gates. Yeah. I, I, agree. I agree. Although, um, I do think Gar- Dead House needs Gardens to be as impactful as it is. Um, I've heard people say, like, 
Oh, you could just start with Dead House Gates. And it's like, no, there's, I disagree. Yeah, there's like like some of the biggest twists in Dead House Gates are like based on subverting like expectations and character understanding based that, you know, that comes from gardens. So it's like like no. the council scene and the reveals that happen there would be not as impactful without the dinner scene in Gardens of the Moon. Mm-hmm. Everything yep. that you learn there. Like That's really fair. sets expectations for the rest of the series, especially th- after yeah. Gardens. <laughs> I really like Gardens. Um and it's it's risen a lot in my estimation with, with this reread. I don't think it's a bad book like a lot of Malazan fans just drives me crazy. Um, <laughs> I think that it's the probably the most thematically confused of the of the books. I think it's oh. actually the most like a, f- a normal fantasy book. Um, Memories of Ice? I, I would say for memory, that's for Memories of Ice, but um, Gardens of the Moon, I think, is the, yeah, the second most normal fantasy. Yeah, mm, I agree. Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah, Pretty yeah, cool. yeah. I agree. I think Gardens was the one that was set up to be the most fun. I hmm. it would. It certainly has I, a lot less. Yeah. I would say that that one is would qualify as escapist. If we yeah. look at the books through that lens, which um, I mean, that's what it was meant you... to be, right? Like, because it was originally a film. <clears throat> right. Once you get Films to Darugistan, it's really escapist. Yeah, it's kind yeah, of yeah, it's, but before yeah. then, it's it's a lot less escapist. It's just whenever whenever I think of Gardens of the Moon, I like I immediately start thinking of the stuff in Darugistan and well, the Siege okay. of Pale, but not really anything surrounding the Siege of Pale or before the Siege of Pale. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I'd say, yeah, it's it's a lot more serious uh, with ideas around, around uh, the Malazan Empire and thoughts of uh, agency and uh, Ganos and all the gods and their things. But yeah, Daru just sounds fun. <laughs> yeah. It's just fun. <laughs> I think, I think it, it also sets up some kind of incorrect expectations at some points. I think that the most notable for me is when they're fighting Raced and Raced is like very very hard to like he's very durable when most entities in Malazan are not durable <laughs> they're like everyone's a glass cannon basically um hmm. yeah i never thought about that that's a really good point yeah interesting race is a badass yeah they have to take it yeah. out like five times or something yeah it's like oh you send all of the dragons and moon spawn against him and he's still like oh no nothing i don't I'm need still- a body <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go for burn after this. <laughs> Ray's most yeah. powerful character? Maybe. No, I think and that's it's, without, but that's without his power, even. It's not I, I didn't feel like it was unrealistic in comparison to the rest of the series. I mean the other parts were there were still like prolonged battles and with the Kachain Chamal, they were very similar where like they were very durable, um, but they all have their weakness. And once that weakness is um, taken advantage of, that's when they fall. I'd say the Kachin Shamal are generally going up against pretty weak opponents, relatively speaking. The I, I think the, the most effective version of your point is the ones from Reaper's Gale. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I rate Reaper's Gale much lower than other books largely because of the stuff with the Kachain Shamal in it. Not not necessarily because of them, but I don't like the um all sections nearly as much as a lot of people. I don't like Red oh. Red Mask nearly as much as a lot of people. 
Red Mask was a disappointment, let's be honest. Yeah, that's like that's what he's set up to be. Like it's an explicit goal for him to be a disappointment, but Kieran's oh, no, shaking no, no, his no, head. No. <laughs> red Red Mask was like my favorite part of that. Well, other than Beak. No, Red Mask and the All and Torrent and Talk and all God, that was that was so satisfying. I mean his ending was obviously there to set up, you know, uh Gessler and Stormy and that could change them all storyline on the mm-hmm. next two books. But yeah, I love that. And the and the continual theme of uh an outside force infiltrating like the Letheri is actually Letheri. And then you'd see that inside the, the monsters and you see that inside the they could change them all themselves by inviting in. Ah, oh, it's so good. It's so good. I think the I think Reaper's Gale is the one most focused on social commentary and analysis. And I, I think it's effective along that dimension. It's just not what I... It's not the stuff that I love about Malazan. More specifically political, too. Yes. Yes, for sure. So what do you love about Malazan? Me? Yeah. Yeah, I like the I like the big ideas side of it. Like, capital B, capital I, <laughs> life and death, futility, meaning, tragedy, how to go on after tragedy, um, light versus dark shadow coming to mess things up like the really big ideas and then the kind of learning to stand in a cruel world that that may not actually be as cruel as it seems um that's especially when the the first time i read the series that's that's what i really resonated with because i was going through a very very tough time uh personally so that's the kind of stuff that i was looking for i was looking for exploration and answers along those dimensions and um especially when it comes with with politics i like i I don't think there are a lot of good answers there and also the answers there aren't personally helpful for a lot of people i think It, it like you can go on about fixing systems and whatnot and i think there's a lot of noble stuff to be done there but i don't think that people who are heavily involved with politics um are very happy people generally I think most people feel a lack of agency, especially when it comes to politics. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Should I give my answer? Or just or are you just asking Ash? No, anybody can answer. <laughs> okay, I like the tears. Um, oh yeah. The, the 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 number one reason I read these books is uh, emotional catharsis, and I've I've never read a series that made me cry like this one. Um, and you can't do that without characters that I love and I care about, or really emotional moments. Um. Number two being uh, what really spoke to me most was like what Ash said, you, you finding uh, it's such a dark world and hard to live in. And then it's easy to become cynical. But then you find these rays of light that just even though it's dark and it's easy to be cynical, it still feels realistic. And it feels like you could still find hope mm-hmm. uh, in humanity, even though humanity is the, the reason for a lot of the distress. Right. Um Thirdly, the probably the big ideas. I mean, second half of the series, I, I love the internal monologues. I love the discussions. I love all the the stuff that I make fun of Ash for talking about. And finally, I I love the the, the big battles. Plus, it's got dinosaurs. I mean, dinosaurs are awesome. Dinosaurs are awesome. Are you Janet? What do I love about Melissa? Yeah. <laughs> Is that the question? Um, I like um. I like how it blends like what is um absurd about fantasy with like uh, with seriousness 
Mm-hmm. Um, like the um, like the the Kachinchamal are a great example of this. Like they're one of the most absurd things that I've ever read in a fantasy book. Uh, they're so ridiculous, and and they're like, and it's just played like so straight. And um, and then like things that people cannot talk about um lightly often uh like death sex romance uh etc etc are played up for laughs all the time so you have this like interesting dichotomy where like absurdity is uh used to make humor out of things that are often taken very seriously in the world uh and then you know really absurd things are taken really really seriously and used to explore serious issues about the world uh, and like, you know, there's like scenes where you'll be like heartbroken or crying or like, you know, your heart will be pounding in your chest. And if you like actually tried to explain to somebody who doesn't read the series, like what you're so worked up about, like, like the there's like immortal mummies that like you meet them when they come out of the ground and they're like stabbing a guy in the dick. And like, that's like one of the saddest characters in the series, you know, like, yeah, it's so weird um it's it's i don't know um and yeah like um uh the the tragedy stuff catharsis uh i like crying the books made me cry enough times that i got these worth um they're fun <laughs> they're they're hilarious too so you know that's the i mean there's oh, i could go on like the soldier stuff is great um and uh like it makes me want to read more military fiction uh, and i wish there's I wish I knew where to go for that. That was also still fantasy. Um, but Wexler is good, but it doesn't quite scratch the same itch. It's like the same, but different. Not even uh, Cook? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I like, I I really liked the second one. Um, and I like started the third one and... In the Black Company. I don't company. know why I put it down, but I haven't picked it up. Yeah, the Black Company. Yeah, the second one's really good. Uh, it's a big change, but there's still like in the actual battle scenes in Cook, like my eyes are glazing over. I'm bored at mm, yeah. um, the second book because that one's the most like focused on like single characters and their story and not really fighting and battles and stuff. Yes. And it might be the best book, though. <laughs> huh? It might be the best one in the series, though. It's really good. Uh, yeah. It, but there's a big battle at the end. And that's like when I'm like, <laughs> I quite like the third book. Um, it was a very satisfying conclusion to the trilogy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, maybe I should go and finish the cookbooks. I forget about the reason that uh, they inspired Malazan, right? So, um, and like if I found something that I liked so much in book two, there might be stuff like just beyond where I'm at in book three, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I should, I should, I append to my answer. Yes, the. Steve likes the, the, the phrase, the metaphor made real. I think that Malazan uses that concept better than any other fantasy series. Um, yeah. <laughs> and like Kieran said, the kind of the, the quote, realistic take on the horrors um, make it make the, the light that shines through so much more real to me. I have a very, very hard time actually finding things inspiring if the heroes haven't gone through the worst of the worst it doesn't feel genuine to me if, if that doesn't happen um so I this it. is why comfort reads don't generally work very well for me 
I missed an opportunity to say verisimilitudinous. <laughs> it's a hard word to say. It is. Give us your answer, Panda. Um, I'm like the opposite, like just the opposite of Ash. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm on the other end of the spectrum where it's like all the tragedy, all the, you know, turmoil and all of that. Like, I can appreciate it if it is like concise and just like one two punch, you know, like I get it. And then um when it when it's more drawn out, that's where I start losing patience. And that this is more like my failing and my personality. Um and so I read because I want comfort reads most of the time. I watch movies and TV because I want comfort and escapism. Like I would more likely choose something that is comedic over something that is more dramatic. Um, you know, so I mean MASH is a good one because it's got a really good balance of the two, right? It's got the humor, but it's also got the seriousness, but it leans more heavily towards the humor, which is why I really enjoy it. Um, And so I was really hoping that Malazan was going to be more like that. And there are, you know, books in the series that are more like that. But then when there are the parts where it's leaning the other way and very introspective, then I glaze and I glaze over I start skimming um and wonder you know what's the point so what I do like is I do appreciate the breadth um and depth that Erickson as a person is able to convey in words um it's pretty impressive that he's able to write you know pretty much any character at any like point in their journey life journey um, and the most of them land, um, not all of them. And then the other part is um, it is very ambitious to write this, and he did it. He followed through and finished it. And it's definitely something I think worth reading and discussing and being studied um, for its themes, for its storytelling and like writing. Um, the skills that it takes to write these kinds of stories. Um, so what I appreciate it is I appreciate the work. Um, that's what I like about it. It is pretty expansive and it's a good jumping off point for so many other, it, like it's a good inspiration um, for other works of art or even nonfiction. Um, yeah. So I think overall, what I like about Malazan is Erickson himself, if that makes <laughs> sense. The person who created it. He's a very wholesome guy. I, oh, I'm just so impressed. Nice to talk to. Yeah. Your answer explains very well why you love everything everywhere all at once so much. Yeah. What's that? <laughs> well, because uh, it meshes the the goofy and oh, the yeah. serious introspective and even though it kind of leans towards Goofy, I think, but it still gets really deep and yeah. emotional. Based on that, is this what we're going to cover next? <laughs> <laughs> I'm down. Um, Bachlin and Corberboach, especially, I got to make it, I got to catch up so that, you know, when the ninth book comes out, I can read it. You can find and... the critique of romance. Yeah. I'm going to be disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I, 
I know what Steve said, but I'm I'm pretty skeptical. I know I think he, he was pretty tepid about it. Like, exactly it might be. Said. Yeah. Um, it's not going to be a traditional romance for it. sure. I'm guessing it's going to be like I don't know. Corporal Roach falls in love with a flesh golem that he created or something. <laughs> I don't think it'll be romance right? with a capital R. Um, it wouldn't fit in the romance section of like a library right next to Lord of Thrones and Roses. Is it romance no with a capital R like the romance movement back in the 1800s? Yes. But it's also the romance genre where, okay. you know, you've got the bodice ripper um, covers. That's confusing sometimes. I'm a um, much bigger fan of one movement than the other. <laughs> I, I understand that. When you're talking about romance, the genre versus romance, the movement. Yes. Um, what's next? There you were listener questions. Or, or listener questions. That's fine. Okay. Um, bu- 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 bum. Sun Gamer asks, uh, which character has your opinions on them changed the most of the 10 books? Karsa? Karsa. <laughs> I went from merely loving the character of Absalar <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> to dreaming about her in your sleep. Oh, man. Yeah, I probably my uh, the, the biggest um, fan disappointment I have with the with the later books in the series is um, Absalar just kind of disappears after book six, which is the correct move for her character. But I just really <laughs> like her. So but then you have Finn. Tell me you didn't like her uh, epilogue. I love her epilogue. Absolutely. OK. Good. Um, yes, I did have sin. That is that's correct. <laughs> I wish there was more sin. I would. I would. Yeah. I would read a series where Sin was the focus. I guess it would be written by like Mark Lawrence or something. Uh, maybe. Why do you say that? Oh, just just his. I've uh, only read like two books by him. So. His hugely flawed protagonist, let's say. Oh, I see. Oh, yeah. To, yeah. To like <laughs> get like veering into actual evil quite quite often. Mm. Oh, are you talking about the Prince of Thorns? That whatever that series yeah. is. Yeah, Dragon and then, then the um. The other one as well. Which one? His his other one's less uh less e- a lot less evil. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Red Queen. Yeah. No, yeah. She's like actually kind of not bad. <laughs> I there's there's oh we'll talk about it later. Just tangent. Red Red Queen's war. The guy's not really bad. He's just selfish. Yeah. Radically selfish sometimes. I think. I mean, um, I've only read the first book. So. And like but. really self interested and you know whatever else. He's not the, a traditional fantasy protagonist. I read the first few pages of Prince of Thorns, and I was like, nope. Yeah, yeah I, I kind of wish I would have... Huh? I would not recommend that to Panda. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I kind of wish I would have said nope. <laughs> I, I finished it. I started the second book, and then I was like, ugh, why am I reading this? Red Sister was it, better, but... but I still didn't love it. I prefer to write Red Sister, too. I started Red Sister, uh, and it seemed more promising than prince of thorns but i just uh let's I talk about return, I return to the library yeah mm. um uh maybe maybe Erastus is the character that I changed the, my opinion on the most really what, what 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 where'd you start out and where'd you end in, in midnight tides i'm kind of like hopeful that he's going to be a, a not irredeemably horrible person and um yeah, yeah it changes my opinion on him that's a good point um <laughs> Midnight Tides, one of the things I liked a lot about Midnight Tides was the errant. And I was like, oh, this is so mysterious and interesting. How intriguing. And then, like, from that point on, he is just a cartoon villain. And 
there's nothing there. Like, there's nothing interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. I thought it was intriguing, like, this whole Aaron thing at first. And then the reveals happen. And then it's, like, an actual character. And the character was just, meh. Yeah. He's just, like, a jerk. And he's, like, unsuccessful at doing everything he tries to do. And... <laughs> <laughs> Just like I, raw raw ambition, like failing, like that's his character. I like him <laughs> as a character, but um, I yeah, I don't I don't mind people not liking him. <laughs> I'll say. Yeah. I, I got I got I, I said Cars earlier, but that's for my first read. I mm. thought about it, Talor for this read. Okay, you start. I always out. thought he was. I mean, everybody hates Calor, right? Calor's uh-huh. <laughs> Calor's just an asshole. He's, uh-huh. he's 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 the bad guy, right? Um, I don't know. I just I I find by the by the time I finished the book this time, I just kind of pitied him, and I sympathized him a lot, and I understood where he was coming from. And while he's still a curmudgeonly old bad guy, I kind of like him. Okay, I wish I felt the same, but I I <laughs> he's still on my crap shit list. <laughs> nice. I think for me, aside from Carsa, and probably even more than Carsa, is raced. Like the the <laughs> first book, you know, the way that he's set up is just like, oh yeah, he's the bad guy, he's the villain, take him down. And then you get the side of him that's just like, okay, I kind of want to hang out with you. I, mean, I he's like still a bad guy. He is, <laughs> but it's like but he can't he... do anything bad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's like the cat is he still a bad a guy if he can't do anything bad? Mm. I think I think it's a good ending for for erased. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's that's the one that stands out the most. That one eighty. Yeah, a lot of the characters. Well, okay. Yeah, I, I didn't really change my opinions on on many of the characters uh, in this read through very much at all. I don't think. Maybe I like them more than I did, but mm-hmm. yeah. Next question. Mm-hmm. All right, Sun Gamer. The, the Book of the Fallen is often very introspective and philosophical. Uh, has there been anything you identify identify with that has affected your real life, real world practices, thoughts, etc.? Um, I mean, it's caused me, uh, prompted me to think about lots of things that I hadn't thought about before, and it comes up every time. Um, I think I'm a more uh, compassionate person even though i still have a lot of growth needed that's that's my answer i think that when i originally read this series it's the one that convinced me that cynicism was not the way to go um Mm. which i like an a plus character move for me i think um because (laughs) yeah i uh, i have very little patience for cynicism these days um, it's so I, tempting and it's so frustrating and not fun. For the I, I think it's very <laughs> unproductive, uh, let's say. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, copy paste Tieran's answer. Um, <laughs> and I think I have a lot more respect for, <clears throat> um, first of all, traditional cultures. Um, uh, Steve successfully showed me that our modern world um like there's there's definitely a lot of advantages i i i'm a big fan of kids not having to die from polio 
or like whatever random infections. Um, but at the same time, there there is something that I think has been lost, and there is a respect that should be had for um, different modes of thought and um, strict rationality and and strict logical thinking uh, can very easily miss important things and fail to see the bigger picture. I have something to add. Steve taught me that civilized is not a value judgment or it should not be a value judgment. It should not, <laughs> definitely should not be a value judgment. <laughs> Janeth, you want to go? Um, feel like, um, I don't know. Gave you more inspiration for your gaming. Hmm. <laughs> You're talking about the yeah. law. Yeah. I mean, to an extent, um, it got it, it shifted like my reading taste a lot. Um, but besides that, um, I feel like I, I I'm more likely to to listen to people mm. when I have a disagreement with them, maybe. And like after after arguing, you know, passionately against whatever it is they're saying, if I if I, if I feel <laughs> I need to, uh, you know, kind of more likely to like drop a drop a compromise or or just full on concession like and just be like no 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 look i don't want you to feel like crap about this just do the thing we've talked it out let's <laughs> deal with do the thing you know uh whereas like i feel like i was more like you know just stick Wanna to the guns bulldoze <laughs> stubbornness. <over>. yeah yeah <laughs> now i'm like well first you fight it out and then once the important issues have been dealt with then you know it's not worth it's not worth being estranged. You know, make sure you don't want to be. Amends. You don't want to be Felicin and Ganawas. You don't want to <laughs> be like. You mean Tabor? Huh? What do you mean? Tabor? Oh yeah, Tabor and Ganawas. Right, that's what I meant. Uh, you don't want to be, um, you know, Lestara and Pearl. You don't want to be uh, Mother Dark and the entirety of the Andy people. <laughs> sure. <laughs> don't base your social uh, customs on Mother Dark. Um. For me, I don't think a ton has changed for me for me specifically. Like it changed because of Malazan. It's more of just over time I've mellowed out as a person. Um I like I said, I'm an impatient person. Um, but over time I have gotten more patient. Um and I used to like as a kid, I would throw temper tantrums like I would feel really big emotions and the only way that I knew how to process them was to show them whereas over time I've become more mellowed and been able to you know take a step back and think about why am I having this emotion um, before subjecting everybody else around me to them <laughs> um, so that has already been something that I've been going through um, before starting the series. What I would say is the reading experience has um, helped me enjoy having discussions with differing perspectives more. Like, we, you know, to be honest, we get heated um, mm -hmm. in some of the discussions because we disagree fundamentally. Um, but 
we are able to be not productive. Yes. Yeah, not take it personally um, and still be able to move forward. So a little bit like what Janet said um, in that you can talk it out, you know, put all your sides on the table and then figure out, okay, how do we want to address it? How do we want to move forward? Is it going to be agree to disagree and, you know, still be able to be friends? Or, you know, sometimes it's like, okay, your logic is sound and, you know, your reasoning, I get it. So let me consider that a bit more. Um, yeah, which is a very helpful skill to have um, in today's society. And I wish yes. more people had that. Yeah, yeah. I definitely think we had a lot of productive disagreements. And yeah. some of our best content, I think, is formed from those productive disagreements. It's, and I would it's very say... healthy to... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I say, I, I think it's very healthy to hear opinions from people that you respect uh hear very very different opinions from people that you respect um if you hear stupid stupid shit from people that you hate it's not gonna matter but right. if it's somebody you respect you're actually gonna i don't know give it some credence and think about it yeah i appreciate that yeah that's well put so like you know ash i care about you as a person <laughs> and normally you just don't care about the characters i care about <laughs> <laughs> i care that you care about them <laughs> I, yeah i i guess it probably as far as like heated disagreements go like i think i'm probably the most common denominator among all of them <laughs> i don't know Huron also um has that's true differing i got views, hot takes right? yeah <laughs> and I, I tend to get a little um the word expressive or well, the the, the great the thing Japanese there is, word, but I, can't, I, I forget the English one. <laughs> like the vast majority of the time, I was just like, oh, you know, Aaron's not really being serious. That's fine. <laughs> Most of the time, right? Yeah. Can have the Japanese. So I can put it in English. Uh, next question. Sorry, he's looking up a word because oh. he can know he knows the Japanese word, but not the English word. A forceful. Mm. Mm. Yes. Um. Uh, last one from Sun Gamer, I think. Is there a moment that stands out most in this series in your mind? One moment. Uh, two moments for me. Well, <laughs> you said no. one. One. One is hail the Marines. Two is um, uh, thro like a uh, Kurukon and Troll. So hail the Marines. Got it. Yes, hail the Marines. Good. Mm, this is hard. Oh, Ganos, I lost her. Which we so don't know if he said it was a lie or not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine. Yeah, reading uh, straight. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm wondering what he's going to say. Like, I, I can't imagine that, like, she was actually lying. So I think either Steve misspoke or we misunderstood him or there was a different context going on. Um, since I can't give another answer, I'd like to substitute Huron's answer. Uh, I'd kill the mule. What? <laughs> 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 oh, that's so good. Um, I'll take the one. <laughs> yeah, Janet? Uh, I mean... Tavor killing Felicin. Oof. Yeah. That sticks out. I mean, that's, yeah, that's the thing. That's that's why I like House of Chains. I mean, it's not the only reason. The giant f***ing dragon that's chained to the mm. Imperial Warren was pretty cool. That's, <laughs> but, really cool. Uh, that's a good moment, but, too. Um, uh, but yeah, the, the, the thick irony and tragedy combined in that scene of Felicin's death was... Awesome, like, and nothing um, better than sister side. 
Oh, I think also, but, but I will say that uh, one of the coolest moments of of the book, but only because of the podcast, was the um, scorpion fight. Oh, and, joyful union. And and, uh, and like Panda and I figuring out like in real time while recording that the <laughs> thing was a, a metaphor for the for the entire journey of the army in the uh-huh. in the book and like forecasted the ending and then mm-hmm. uh ap being jealous of us and saying that he was going to present pretend he figured it out uh <laughs> like that's uh <laughs> that that's a good one that sticks out that, that was a fantastic moment in the in the podcast did did ap keep listening to our discussions or did he throw up his hands and and i'd be surprised away? if he kept listening he's got so much going on he does yeah your your answer panda I keep coming back to Beak. Mm. Um, Beak, and I think a bit of recency bias is um, Tavor being human at the end with her scream. So, but Beak Beak has been in my mind longer. So, yeah. Yeah, I'd kill the mule. All right. Uh, Ian says an obvious question. What are your favorite characters? Do, do we do we want to limit this so we're not just like listing uh, three? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Like favorite as oh. in like we would want to be friends with them, or just, just like favorite, favorite as well. Okay. Yeah. And it's a draft. We're only allowed to take. We can't take the same answer. Okay. What? Oh, I picked Tavor first. No. You pick who first? Tavor first. You can't Carsa. take. It. Oh. Tavor, Carsa. Tavor. Carsa. Janeth. Bug. No, sorry, I was I was calling on Janeth. Oh. <laughs> so we got Tavor and Karza, and now it's Janeth's turn. Um, quick pen. Fiddler for me. Dang it, I don't I don't know why I didn't say Fiddler first. There's not going to be any competition over the rest of my favorites for sure. Um, okay. Um, Absolar. Yeah. Bug. Oh, sh- anyway, go ahead. Technically, Huron should go first in the second sure. round. Whatever, it's fine. We'll just go one, 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 one. It's, it's not like people are going to be like, Aaron got the best picks. Oh, <laughs> I win. I win the, the fantasy pick. Um, yeah. Tahoe. Nice. Um, I will take cool. Mm. Um, if they fuse into an unholy combination, Troll and Udenas. But uh, for spice's <laughs> sake, I'm going to pick Udenas because no one ever, no one's ever going to pick him. I, I would. I love, I, I love Udas. I love Udas. Yeah. Is he ever going to make a favorite character list, though? I don't know. Maybe a top ten for me. Uh, and... It might be... I want to say Lestara. Oh. Ooh. Wow. That's unexpected. Or, mm, yeah, let's go with that. Lestara. Jeff, your, your, your last pick. Uh, um, Pust. Uh, I'll, I'll, go with, I'll go with Rake. Nice. Well, boo. Boo. Okay. Pick Namander, you coward. Rick's <laughs> better than Namander. I consider oh, Namander, yeah. though. Okay. Mm. <laughs> All right. Good to know. Um, I'll this information away. <laughs> Ali, let's, let's, let's get through here. Do you want to talk about criticisms? Uh, do you want to do you, do you end on criticism? Yeah. Oh. I would like to end on a positive note, but okay. We could sandwich in some criticism real quick. Okay. Um, most unsatisfying arc, Fellas and Younger. Oh, that's a good one. Um, oh, that that jacket, that jacket lady, that yeah, it wasn't. Oh yeah, 
Oh. <laughs> well, yeah. You already, you already picked Jack Hat Lady. Yeah, I did already pick Jack Hat Lady. Yeah, Jack Hat Lady. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> she just comes with it like she's, yeah. Boo. She gets, gets ripped to shreds by like Royal Landris, who is the least interesting force in the books. Mm-hmm. No, not Royal Landris. It's, no, it's like this the, the weird. Symbol. Yeah. Um, Dejim Nabral. Yes, that's it. Yeah. Least satisfying arc. Hmm. That's what you said the category is. Yeah. You could use Bargast. All. <laughs> oh, Talamandus. Yeah. I like Talamandus. I don't like how his arc ended. He just gets, he just explodes. That's oh, I don't you know. You picked Jack Lady. Shut up. I did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm giving Janet more time to think. Isn't it Panda's turn? It's. I was just waiting for one of you to answer. <laughs> Uh, what's her name? Mogora. Um, Stop. Sandlath? Sandlath, Drukorlath. Oh, Sandlath. Okay. Okay, interesting. Jan? Lolar Ethel. Okay. Oh, interesting. I kind of agree with that, too. Yeah, yeah, she sucks. Do we have time for general <laughs> criticism? Yeah. If we go quick. Okay. You go first. Me? Um, yeah. Um, uh, the, the, the extra stuff uh, in later books, the action could speak more for itself. Um... Uh, obviously, sin. Um, mm, 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 um, mm. Yes, there aren't enough cathartic moments uh, in in later uh, sections. Boom. And I, yeah, go ahead. That's it. Um, I might not like it, but I don't think all the plot lines are engaging. I I might not act like it, but I think all, not all the plot lines are engaging. Uh, all the poems are not great, um, and not all the characters are particularly interesting. Um, I like the second half a lot more than the first, but I think a lot of the subtlety is lost. And me, even though it's my favorite part, I think maybe some of the philosophical musings could be taken back a bit and let them actually speak for itself. Um, and I criticize Memories of Ice for doing the same thing, but on a more surface level, when I think in the later books it could do some more on a uh, uh, ideal level, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, I think sometimes, uh, like we talked in the last episode, sometimes Steve is too opaque when he should be clear, and sometimes he's too clear when he should be opaque, although the talent scene was perfect. Yes, I agree. <laughs> I agree with everything you said. I, I think the series could have been more concise and still effective. And I wish I was able to cry more. I just, it didn't impact that in. It did not impact me as much as I thought it would, given the um, like discussions about the series. I thought I would actually be crying a lot more. Yeah, it wasn't a Transformers three Dark of the Moon <laughs> kind of emotional. It wasn't. Um, <laughs> it wasn't Michael Bay's uh, Pearl Harbor. <laughs> I cried enough for the both of us. It's fine. I mean, everything that everybody else already said, minus the <laughs> crying part, because you're wrong. Um, and uh, I'm just kidding, kidding on that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Um, and it didn't seem to bother you guys as much, but I just thought the, uh, I just thought the, I liked how in the first book, the, um, I, if there's no clear, like, good guys like everybody on both sides of the conflict was like kind of just doing their own thing and and like i thought that would kind of like stay true through the whole series where you just have like kind of like you know you're seeing both sides of everything mm-hmm. and and you you don't get a real sense of like 
where the narrative the moral weight of the narrative is and then the end like all the bad guys are very clearly bad guys and Mm -hmm. they're not even like most of them aren't even morally compelling bad guys uh they're just like jerks and it's just like i don't know i feel like gardens was like perfect for that and then even memories of ice where they are more clearly bad guys you get more understanding of like why and how and there's like something there and and then at the end of the series it's just like a bunch of villains (laughs) i i have an idea how to end on a positive note Mm -hmm. um we all give one thing that was just really really cool Mm, okay i like that Mm -hmm. um just off the top of your head i'm thinking maybe Draconis's entrance on the fight uh, with the Barghast and the Acronite. That was really, really, really cool. Um, Ikarium coming in on the Skykeep and mm. his his speech about finding a kindred soul and avenging her. And, yeah, and strangers you bring, <laughs> strangers you bring death and whatnot, whatnot but I am Ikarium and I bring far worse. Ugh. Mm. Okay. Yeah, Jeff. I really like the fight in the Crippled God where it's like the Jagat, the Telanimas, um, the Bargas, everybody coming together. And then you get the <gasps> the Ghost Bridge Burner army coming, even though I didn't get the full scene. <laughs> and, and then you get a full 30 minutes of Return of the King. <laughs> <laughs> in my mind. <laughs> but yeah. Um. Yeah blowing up the uh the f- underwater footbridge in dead house gates during the chain of dogs oh that's okay. a good one there's a lot that of good really scenes cool. and, yeah okay last one hoods walk through Georgetown. and with that let's uh end our episode yes it's been a great ride listeners thank you for listening thank you for panelists. we'll see you again sometime yeah. See, yeah. Yeah. honestly see thank you, you to hell. the malazan community mm-hmm. uh the the community that it is now thank you well We'll see you again sometime. No, yes. no promises for win. See you later. <laughs> pew pew pew. Bye. Bye. <laughs>